Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 37, verses 23 through 40. Our steps are made firm by the Lord when he delights in our way. Though we stumble, we shall not fall headlong, for the Lord holds us by the hand. I have been young, and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, or their children begging bread. They are ever giving liberally and lending, and their children become a blessing. Depart from evil and do good so you shall abide forever. For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his faithful ones. The righteous shall be kept safe forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and live in it forever. The mouths of the righteous utter wisdom, and their tongues speak justice. The law of their God is in their hearts. Their steps do not slip. The wicked watch for the righteous and seek to kill them. The Lord will not abandon them to their power, or let them be condemned when they are brought to trial. Wait for the Lord, and keep to his way, for he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on the destruction of the wicked. I have seen the wicked oppressing and towering like a cedar of Lebanon. Again I passed by, and they were no more. Though I sought them, they could not be found. Mark the blameless, and behold the upright, for there is posterity for the peaceable. But transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The posterity of the wicked shall be cut off. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their refuge in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and rescues them. He rescues them from the wicked and saves them, because they take refuge in him. 1 Samuel chapter 12 Samuel said to all Israel, I have listened to you in all that you have said to me, and have set a king over you. See, it is the king who leads you now. I am old and gray, but my sons are with you. I have led you from my youth until this day. Here I am. Testify against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken, or whose donkey have I taken, or whom have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed, or from whose hand have I taken a bribe and blind m- to blind my eyes with it? Testify against me, and I will restore it to you. They said, You have not defrauded us or oppressed us or taken anything from the hand of anyone. He said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and is anointed as witness to this day that you have not found anything in my hand. And they said, He is witness. Samuel said to the people, The Lord is witness who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your ancestors up out of the land of Egypt. Now, therefore, take your stand, so that I may enter into judgment with you before the Lord. And I will declare to you all the saving deeds of the Lord that he performed for you and for your ancestors. When Jacob went into Egypt and the Egyptians oppressed them, then your ancestors cried to the Lord, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought forth your ancestors out of Egypt and settled them in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God, and he sold them into the hand of Sisera, commander of the army of King Jabin of Hazor, into the hand of the Philistines, 
and into the hand of the king of Moab, and they fought against him. Then they cried to the Lord and said, We have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord and have served the Baals and the Astartes, but now rescue us out of the hand of our enemies and we will serve you. And the Lord sent Jerubbabel and Barak and Jephthah and Samson and rescued you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and you lived in safety. But when you saw that King Nahash of the Ammonites came against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us, though the Lord your God was your king. See, here is the king whom you have chosen, for whom you have asked. See, the Lord has set a king over you. If you fear the Lord and serve him and heed his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will all be well. But if you will not heed the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Now, therefore, take your stand and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not the wheat harvest today? I will call upon the Lord that he may send thunder and rain, and you shall know and see that the wickedness that you have done in the sight of the Lord is great in demanding a king for yourselves. So Samuel called upon the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. All of the people said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord your God for your servants, that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins the evil of demanding a king for ourselves. And Samuel said to the people, Do not be afraid. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after useless things that cannot profit or save, for they are useless. For the Lord will not cast away his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what a great thing what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. The Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. Now before the festival of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, and betray, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who is bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you, for he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, he put on his robe and had returned to the table. He said to to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also must wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example, that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants, 
Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Good morning, and welcome to the 20th Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings are long, and they come to us from Psalm 37, 1 Samuel 12, and John 13. Um, I apologize for missing yesterday. I I uploaded some audio um, as an alternative sermon that I gave um, on September 22nd in 2013 on Maurice of Thebes. Um, And this morning, uh, there's this contrast that's set up um, in the reading from Samuel, First Samuel, it's, it's clear. Samuel says, you have screwed up, um, you have sinned because you have asked for a king rather than God. And uh, a king, as we read on Monday, will take your oxen, will defraud you, will oppress you, will take bribes. And Samuel brings these things up in a direct contrast to what they can expect from a king. He says, have I done that? I, a judge, a different form of polity um, over Israel, a decentralized polity, um, I haven't done that. And sure, some some judges have been horrible. He even mentions Samson, who's arrogant, but who did free uh, the Israelites from their oppression under the Philistines. Um, There might be bad judges. the, uh, but they don't have the same power, the centralization of power as um, a king would have. And I suspect, I, I would have to double check, but I suspect there, there may have been multiple judges at a time, at any given time, um, in Israel. Because, again, these, uh, this was a confederation of these familial clans. And judges were not hereditary. They didn't, like, try and you know, maintain power by keeping it within their own, their own family. Um, it was it was charismatic. Uh, you were a judge if people trusted you and came to you with their problems. Like with Deborah, she she judged under a palm tree. People knew where to find the person that they trusted and could ask uh, to resolve uh, difficult matters. Um, in contrast to a king who stands between all of the families, all the clans, the tribes of Israel, and God. And Samuel uses that language. He says, it's now, now, if you, the people, or your king, um, if, they, if you do something wrong, I will cast you out, right? It's no longer you know, God and God's people. It's God, God's people, and their king. Um, in the gospel reading, we get the similar thing where Jesus says, am I teacher and Lord? And they say, yes. Um, and he does something that is so antithetical to the world's understanding of Lord and, and teacher, Kyrios and Rabboni. Um, he washes their feet, which is what a slave does to a slave's master. Um, and there's this really interesting part about like they've already bathed right they're part of Jesus community but as soon as you get up and walk away all of a sudden your feet are dirty and so your feet could always be cleaned 
The feet are the dirtiest part of you, um, especially if you don't have shoes. Um, and so it's something that can always be done, um, and that is, you know, not not an incredibly um, fun experience for the person doing it because feet stink. You know, they're they're dusty and gross, and you know, there's dirt under your finger, your toenails. Um, and so it's something a servant does, and yet Jesus says, and he he reinforces that servants aren't greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. Um, so he reinforces this cultural expectation that slaves are not greater than their masters. And yet here is the Lord and teacher doing what a slave does, inverting and subverting um, our our understanding of what it means to be in charge and what it means to be um, a servant of all. Um, and, you know, making those two one. Um, Samuel knows that the king is not going to put himself below the people. David maybe did a couple times, but then you'll notice Solomon is David's kid. Um, David is not Saul's kid. Uh, So it went from a non-hereditary kingship to a hereditary one. And that's when the fighting breaks out, when the the kingdom becomes divided, when Absalom rebels against Solomon's son and all this other stuff. Um. And the, the the inversion of the world's way of things makes me think of this book. I think it came out. I, I didn't read it, but I, I know the author. Um, oh, my gosh, I'm having a brain fart. But the the title and the, the premise is like, Jesus is the anti-king. Um, and I always had a problem with that um, because Jesus isn't anti-anything. You know, it's it's a different thing rhetorically to say that you're against something rather than you are the thing, you are the model that everybody's been missing. Um, Jesus is the king, period. If we want to understand power, the way that God created power, look at Jesus. Jesus is the epitome of what a king should be. The dark reality is that kings have kings and queens and powers and principalities and despots have corrupted our own imagination and fed us the lie that we believe um, that they are, that that um, they're in charge, that this is the way things are um, and that this is the way, this is what kings should be doing. In a sense, Samuel was wrong. Kings, you know, rulers should not defraud their people and take bribes. Uh, rulers should not draft people into an army just for the sake of having an army. Um, and yet they do. And Samuel knows that they will. But that isn't the way that God created power in the world. Um, and so there's this paradox between being the thing that we are made to be and for kings and rulers, um, that is not to take bribes. That is not to defraud the people or deprive them of their goods and of their family members. Um, to be, to, to have power in the way God made power to be wielded, it looks a lot like Jesus. Rulers pl- place themselves below their subjects. They are the, uh, the ones who should be getting things done, who measure out and standardize the community. 
Um, you know, it's not um, it's not a coincidence that ruler has a double meaning. A ruler is not supposed to be the person with a you know big head and a bejeweled crown. Um, a ruler is supposed to be the person by which all things are measured. Um, that helps us order and structure our societies and our communities, and provides for um, the order that God established at the the creation of the world. Um, and in that sense, a ruler is uh, is a representative of the military by being God's steward of order in the world. Um, they'll they are fulfilling a military function of of soldiers, police, fire, and medical services, of making a world, making a community work in the same balanced, just way as God created the world. A prayer for sound government from the Book of Common Prayer. O Lord, our governor, bless the leaders of our land, that we may be a people at peace among ourselves and a blessing to other nations of the earth. Teach our people to rely on your strength and to accept their responsibilities to their fellow citizens, that they may elect trustworthy leaders and make wise decisions for the well-being of our society, that we may serve you faithfully in our generation and honor your holy name. For yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.